Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're about to hear another episode of Treks and Sci-Fi. It is Sunday, July 5th, 2020. This is show 779. Hello everyone, welcome back. I thank uh, Mark for doing that show last weekend where he covered uh, his uh, favorite uh, 50s sci-fi films. Just a great list. Thanks, Mark, for that. Just, you know, if you have never watched any of those, Mark covers them pretty regularly. You really should if you're a sci-fi fan, a nerd, a geek. Uh, you know, there's those. There's something kind of I find kind of charming about those older movies, and and you know, they're. I always think about this. I think, you know, in 50 years or whatever, will people look back at the movies and television that we're doing now and think it's kind of hokey and quaint? I mean, it's been like. It's been like that throughout uh, the decade, so I don't see why that probably wouldn't, you know, styles change, things become more uh, sophisticated and uh, more, uh, I don't know, different, I guess, in some way, so that, you know, the pa things in the past always look a little funny. It's interesting because I've been going through old videotapes. I have a lot of old video, video VHS tapes that I've been converting over to DVD, uh, when my kids were younger, things like that. And uh, boy, it, it it's funny even just in the, I feel like it's a short span of time how much things have changed, clothes, styles, and, and things. Although I, 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 well, it's, you know, I'm not much of a fashion guy, but, uh, it, you know, it's it's just when you see some of the pictures of, of um, I don't know, even just the shorts I used to wear or whatever, but um Anyway, all right, uh, enough about that. So what, what we're going to talk about today, oh, by the way, happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, United States. I guess you can call it America. I don't know. I, I've always wondered about that, too. I mean, you know, there was a th big thing about that, seemed like, for a while. You know, it's North America, and we're not really. But, um, uh, you know, people in the United States are called Americans, so I don't know. But anyway, happy Independence Day. A lot of fireworks here last night. Uh, a lot of noise. Didn't The dog didn't like <laughs> so... Um, I'm going to probably maybe play a little bit of, uh, the classic, uh, Kirk speech from the Omega glory here, maybe to open the show, uh, it's instead of the normal theme music. I, I, I've always liked that speech. I think it's appropriate these days too. So especially with all the nuttiness going on in the U S and Corona and other things, protests of this and, but, um, Let's go back. To, let me try to focus here. Uh, this week, I wanted to cover uh, some movies from roughly 10 years-ish ago. Uh, some favorites of mine uh, kind of like become kind of cult classics. Didn't really do great at the box office, but I think have found an audience. Uh, I want to cover the Scott Pilgrim Saves the World movie and also uh, the two kick-ass movies. I've talked about these things before a little bit. Uh, but uh, I'll play the trailers, talk a little bit about the movies, what I like about them, a little bit of background on each of them, and uh, so forth. They're both uh, comic book-related films, which happen to tend to be a lot of the favorite films that I've uh, enjoyed over the last you know, decade or two. So uh, that is what we're going to talk about. Talk about some other things, too. A uh, little bit of Star Trek news came out, a couple other things. So uh, I think without any further ado, let's, uh, let's do this thing. Yeah. And here to open the show, we'll have, um, William Shatner, Captain Kirk talking about, uh, we, the people here on Treks and Sci-Fi. Among my people, we carry many such words as this from many lands, many worlds. Many are equally good and are as well respected, but wherever we have gone, 
No words have said this thing of importance in quite this way. Look at these three words written larger than the rest with a special pride never written before or since. Tall words proudly saying, we the people. That what you call Eid Plebnista was not written for the chiefs or the kings or the warriors or the rich or the powerful, but for all the people. Down the centuries, you have slurred the meaning out of the words, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity ordain and establish this constitution these words and the words that follow were not written only for the yangs but for the comms as well comms they must apply to everyone or they mean nothing do you understand i do not fully understand one named kirk but the holy words will be obeyed I swear it. No question about his guilt, Captain. But does our involvement here also constitute a violation of the Prime Directive? We merely showed them the meaning of what they were fighting for. Liberty and freedom have to be more than just words. Gentlemen, the fighting is over here. I suggest we leave them to discover their history and their liberty. I'm back. Yes, uh, we the people, uh, and and it's true. Still, it's true. Maybe even more today that uh, the words are for everyone, not just a few. So, uh, just love that scene. Uh, you know, kind of a weird episode, really, the Omega Glory, but <laughs> some really good stuff in there too. That's the greatest thing about the original Trek. You know, it's sometimes it's a little um, over the top. You know, Shatner and, and, and others have always said it's sort of Shakespearean, you know, in a way where it's sort of in your face. But, you know, there's you can't deny the uh, the, the greatness of the stories, the messages and things like that in there. But OK. All right. Let us get on with the show. Get, you know, with the show. Uh, what's been going on for me? Let's see. A couple of weeks. You know, it's just about the same here as far as. My day-to-day thing, work, uh, working at home mostly, uh, but uh, we won't talk about that really much. Uh, let's see what I've been watching. What have been? What's the? What's the nerdy things going on? Uh, let's announce or at least say if you guys haven't heard the new um, that animated Star Trek series. We're finally getting an animated Star Trek series <laughs> after the early '70s. It, it's amazing still that it's been this long. 
that they've never done another animated Trek show. Uh, I, I just, especially when they weren't really doing much Trek, you know, during between the time of when Discovery finally came on and and the um, and Enterprise went off the air, you know, that good big <laughs> huge gap of time. Uh, I know that in there they were trying to do another animated series. Anyway, um, this Star Trek Lower Decks show, it is going to premiere, I think it's August 6th is the actual date. I had it pulled up here on my computer. Hang on. Hang on one second. Let's see. Lower Deck. Yes. Coming uh, August 6th. Yes. And uh, I think they're going to release the episodes. I think what I read. Uh, the weekly kind of like discovery has, uh, not all at once like Netflix or whatever. I think it's also for the U S at least only going to be on CBS all access. I, I think. So if you've let that subscription lapse, you might need to sign up again. I also believe there's only 10 episodes. I, th- I think as well. So not, a, not a long run, a couple months it'll be on, I guess, or so I, I've, I signed up for the one-year kind of CBS All Access. It's really less expensive then, and you know I like to try to support them. I know a lot of people just signed up when Discovery was airing, and then Picard and all that. But um, and each time when things come on, I was hoping this, you know All Access would keep content rolling a little bit. I think it would have been a little better if COVID had not happened. Uh, we would already be probably seeing, we'd probably be either seeing or very close to seeing Discovery Season 3. Uh, I know they're in like post-production of that. I think it's probably not going to come on until the fall, probably after Lower Decks finishes up, uh, hopefully. Uh, and then Picard, you know, who knows when they'll start filming Season 2. Uh, but um, but I also am watching, uh, there's in that Twilight Zone show that just started up with another batch of episodes I guess the second season, uh, I've watched two so far. Um, yeah, really pretty good. Uh, I, good, good casting in this show. You know, the, you get some very recognizable, uh, people like in the second, uh, episode of season two, Morena Baccarin, you know, from Firefly and she was on Gotham. She's in the episode. She's pretty much the main character in the second episode. Uh, and, uh, that one's written, um, by, uh, the guy who plays sort of the Rod Serling role, Jordan Peele. Um, this is, um, it's, it's really good. I mean, I, I'm a big Twilight Zone fan, so if you can catch it, if you get CBS All Access to watch Lower Decks, you know, maybe you don't have it now, check out Twilight Zone, the new Twilight Zone. I really enjoyed the first season. Uh, they also, interestingly, I thought it was, but they dropped all the episodes. I think they came, it came back at the end of June. Uh, so there's 10 more for season two, and they're all on there now. Been watching a little bit of HBO Max, um, the uh, the new this new Perry Mason show, which is a pretty intense, rough show. Not really, not obviously sci-fi. And but also watching the um, Doom Patrol show, uh, which is back with season two, uh, a great comic book property. There, uh, season one was fantastic, super weird. Weird show, uh, but great cast and, and really, really good, I think. It's also on DC Universe, which I also still have, um, that had that Titan show, you know, and Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, I guess, is now going to come back, I, I read. So that's cool. I think on, is it on HBO Max? I think so. So a- HBO Max is a, a really weird thing, really, truthfully. <laughs> 
I still don't quite get why it's why HBO has got these different versions now. Uh, I, I wish they just had one. Uh, the idea that they're I've never thought it's a good idea to sort of split your franchise off, you know, another or not really split your franchise, but dilute, you know, your your brand in a way. I mean, for example, I think I said before, I actually dropped it from my cable service. I actually still have cable. And then I'm watching it via Hulu. You can get a deal with for HBO. And when you do it through Hulu, you get HBO and HBO Max, which frankly, HBO Max just includes kind of all of HBO and, and additional content. So that that's why I don't really get why they're keeping those separate. But it doesn't matter. And then there's an, one more streaming thing coming called Peacock. Um, an NBC type, um, uh, whatever you want to call it, a NBC streaming thing. Most of these services are like Apple TV is doing foundation. Most of these services are going to end up having some genre type shows. HBO Max, oh, they're doing some kind of thing set on an alien world. What is it? I think it's coming in, in another month or two. I can't remember the name of it, but anyway, they're all, they're all doing some genre type shows, uh, which is of course you know not surprising. I mean, it's a very popular area I think to be in. Um, there's a new show that I'm interested to start watching. Almost watched first the first episode last night, but got a little late uh, and a lot of fireworks going on. But um, there's a new show called Is a Warrior Nun on Netflix based on a comics. Uh, that looks pretty interesting. Looks like some good action there. Uh, always a, a ton of things. The um, There's a, a show that was on last summer called Blood and Treasure that was sort of like an Indiana Jones kind of uh, semi-Indiana Jones in a modern setting. Really enjoyed it. It was set in, in a lot of European locales and filmed there. I've read they've done season two. It's done, but they're instead of releasing it over the summer, I think it's not going to come till the fall. Uh, but check that show out if you've if you've not watched it. I know I th think I saw it on. It's either on uh, it's either on Amazon Prime or on Hulu. Um, I keep trying to search for. If anyone out there listening knows of this, uh, I keep trying to search for a very all-encompassing um, search tool for. Hey, I want to plug in any TV show or any movie, and I want it to. Um, to tell me where I can find that. I, and uh, the few that I've tried, none of them are very, are really great. Some work better than others. A lot of them just miss things. They don't, you know, it'll go to like, oh, you can buy the DVD on, on Amazon. Or, or what I really get kind of annoyed by is I want to know if it's streaming available, right? And then it'll, it'll, a lot of times it'll show Amazon Prime streaming, but it's not really, uh, part of Amazon Prime streaming, it's just, oh yeah, you can watch it if you pay more, like buy the movie or rent the movie or buy the TV show or rent the TV show. I'm like, I want to know what's included in current streaming offerings. Like if I have a Amazon Prime or I have Hulu or if I have HBO Max, not something I've got to pay even more extra for. Um, you know, that's fine. I mean, that they can show that too. But uh, so, so if anyone knows of a good either website uh, or, or an app that works good with that, uh, I'd appreciate it. Like, I'm kind of a fan of the old Green Hornet TV show that was on in the 60s, kind of around the time the Batman um, 60s show was on. 
they've shown those episodes on um what's the channel the cable channel heroes and icons something like that i think it's called so i've recorded them on on my tivo and but i was also trying to see if anybody had that streaming anywhere or if you could even buy a dvd set of it and uh I really had some trouble uh, with both of those things. That it doesn't seem to be really streaming anywhere that I could find, um, and also the uh, the DVD sets aren't really most of what you can find online for that show. At least are people who have pretty much done what I've done, where they've recorded episodes and then they've burned them to a a DVD. But um, all right. Uh, we're almost 20 minutes in. Let's get into the movie talk that I wanted to cover. Uh, we'll start off with Scott Pilgrim Saves the World uh, and uh, with Michael Sarah is in that movie. And then we'll we'll finish off with the two uh, kick-ass, kick-ass movies. Excuse me. I also have a Vartok music segment uh, that he's done. I think I'm going to save it for the end of the show. Uh, I'm going to slide that in at the end. I was thinking about putting it in the middle here, but it's a little long, so I think I'm going to save it till the end. Uh, plus, it's kind of nice, I think, to end the show with some music. So uh, that'll be coming up uh, later on this uh, podcast. But I'm going to take a very short break here, and I'll be back, and we'll talk about uh, Scott Pilgrim Saves the World. Hi, this is Ashley Victoria Robinson. I play Ensign Williams on the Red Shirt Diaries web series, and you are listening to Rico on the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. Okay, so first movie up to talk about uh, in uh, sort of uh, f- more recent cult classics instead of older 50s sci-fi films, but uh, this one, uh, and I think part of the reason I wanted to do this show is it's um, coming up on the 10th anniversary of the release of this film, and it is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Did I say saves the world uh, versus the world? Although it sort of, I think, saves the world seems more appropriate. Sorry about that. It's called Scott Pilgrim versus the World. The um, this uh, this movie came out uh, originally in the United States on August thirteenth, twenty ten. It is uh, was or was sorry. It had a budget of about eighty five million uh, for ten years ago. That's a pretty decent budget, I feel. Uh, but it only made about. 48 to almost 50 million, you know, at the box office. So it did not do so well. Um, I always feel like movies, you know, in the August time frame of the summer, typically, except for this year, where no movie theaters are open, at least here, uh, no movies are coming out. They moved Tenant, uh, they moved the, that uh, that movie, um, Christopher Nolan movie, to uh, to August now. It was going to come out mid, uh, mid July, right? But, uh, all right, uh, so Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, let me give you a little bit of background on this, and, and uh, I'll play a trailer, then I'll come back. It is a 2010 action comedy romance film co-written, produced, and directed by Edgar Wright, uh, based on the graphic novel series by Scott Pilgrim uh, that was done by Brian Lee O'Malley. 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 Sorry. O'Malley. Um this stars Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim, who is kind of a slacker musician who must win a competition to get a record record deal and battle the seven evil exes of his newest girlfriend, Ramona Flowers, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's great. Um, yeah, there's a great cast in this movie, and, there, and it's a lot of people that you'll know but hadn't really done a huge amount at that point in time. We have Chris Evans, future Captain America. Brandon Routh, uh, Superman, although he had played Superman at this point, right? Superman Returns came out before this. And uh, 
and Anna Kendrick is in this movie, Karen Culkin, uh, Allison Pill, who has uh, been on Picard, uh, Brie Larson, future Captain Marvel, <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, a, a lot of good people. Jason Schwartzman uh, plays Gideon, who's great. He's great in everything. And I swear that guy always looks perpetually about 25 years old, too. Um, and Michael Sarah is uh, Michael Sarah is kind of an interesting guy, interesting actor. I mean, he has he has this look and he also looks like he's perpetually about, you know, in his mid to later 20s. So um, this movie is really crazy in terms of the way it's done. There's actually like word balloon things and and noises, you know, like if there's a kind of like they kind of tried to blend a comic book, you know, and this has been, you know, in in different ways it's been done over the years. I'm I'm always kind of fascinated and interested a little bit on how you how you take a comic property. I mean, the comic like the Marvel films have never really done it like this. They've never really tried anything like this. Um, the closest probably they could have put some of this kind of stuff in, uh, some word balloons and, and text on the screen or like uh, when somebody's really mad, you know, have little lightning bolts coming out of from them to indicate that like they do in comics or whatever. Um, but maybe Guardians of the Galaxy is, is the only film they could have probably maybe gotten away with some of that. So uh, uh, anyway, there's uh, uh, th- this is uh, set around Toronto. Uh, there's sort of a this battle of the bands plot uh it was it was a uh you know considered to be a bomb at the box office although i mean it made you know 50 million i mean it yeah it didn't make its its budget back uh but i've seen movies bigger movies bomb even more so i don't know what's considered a i guess if you don't make your money back you're considered a bomb but um it got actually pretty positive reviews from critics uh because of the sort of different kind of unique visual style for the movie and and the humor and it's kind of gained um uh, this cult following uh, and uh it got a lot of uh you know awards and nominations it was uh shortlisted for the best visual effects category category at the 83rd academy awards it didn't win uh but um but anyway yeah so um this is a a really unique movie if you're into comics if you're into fun crazy wacky adventure type stuff if you're into music there's a lot of great music in this movie uh i can't uh, you know gotta gotta emphasize that quite a bit um and and a few other uh, you know things is just just the cast alone uh, may whitman is in here uh we also have aubrey plaza which is who's always fun to watch uh, j- just a, a great uh, Thomas Jane is in this movie. It's a great cast. Bill Hader is in this movie as a, he does a voiceover part. Um, but anyway, let me play the trailer to Scott Pilgrim versus the world, and then I'll be back in a moment. Hey, what's up? I'll leave you alone forever now. You know this one girl with hair like this? Yes, that's Ramona Flowers. She's out of your league. You know her? Tell me now. She just moved here, got a job at Amazon. I have to order something really cool. Scott, are you waiting for the package you just ordered? Maybe. Scott Pilgrim? Hi, I was thinking about asking you out, but then I realized how stupid that would be. That's okay, you should just sign for this, all right? So do you want to go out sometime? I say yes, will you sign for your damn package? So yeah, eight o'clock? Come to this Battle of the Bands thing. You have a band. Yeah, we're terrible. One, two, three, four, 
Mr. Pilgrim! I'm Ramona's first evil ex-boyfriend. What? Wait, we're fighting over Ramona? Didn't you get my email explaining the situation? I skimmed it. Mm-mm. What was that all about? If we're gonna date, you may have to defeat my seven evil exes. So what you're saying is we are dating? I guess. Does that mean we can make out? Sure. Scott Pilgrim! Prepare to feel the wrath of the League of Evil Exes. Ramona dated twins. At the same time. <sighs> If you want something bad, you have to fight for it. Step up your game, Scott. Combo! Break out the L word. Lesbian? The other L word. Lesbians? What are you doing? Getting a life. You want to fight me for her? Why on earth would you want to do that? Because I'm in love with her. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Maybe next time we don't date the girl with 11 evil ex-boyfriends. Okay. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah, so there you go with uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And that is the, yeah, some trailer stuff. Trailer stuff. <laughs> That was good, good podcasting there. So this movie I did see in the theaters. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a big, uh, or was a big moviegoer, and this fits a lot of things that I like. You know, it, it's it's always tricky to talk about any anything really uh, art wise, a book, movie, TV show, comic, or whatever, because it's so high in the beholder. I mean, there are some things that. I think there are inherent qualities that you can make some critical judgments about. But beyond that, a lot of it's just what appeals to you. What do you like? And and again, this has music. It has comic influences. It has a great cast. It has a video game. A lot of video game stuff is in this movie. A lot of things, sort of a manga kind of a feel to it. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I again, I... I Really, I I was going to try to watch this again before I did this podcast, but now I really want to watch it. Really, really want to watch it again. Um, I'm going to play, I think, one more little clip here. I may not play it all. I'm probably faded out because it's a bit long. Uh, but the music is really, really good in this. Uh, and Brie Larson uh, it does uh, a music uh, part of the in the film, and she sings, too. She's a really good singer. And uh, this is... Um, the music here, I think, is uh, I think the song is called Black Sheep. Uh, yeah. And uh, so she plays that. There's this whole ongoing musical battle of the bands thing throughout the movie. But I'm going to play some of this. I'll come back and we'll switch gears. I'll, I'll finish talking about this one and then we'll talk a little. We'll get into talking about the two kick-ass movies that were also based on comics. Waiting for 
That was good. <laughs> I, sorry, I got distracted there for a second. I was finishing something else. I'm doing the, I'm doing multitasking. I'm I'm, I'm dubbing a videotape onto a DVD while I'm uh, doing this show in the background. Anyway, all right. Let us. Uh, that was again Brie Larson uh, singing in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Uh, I highly recommend that movie. Really, really, really fun. I, I think we could all use some fun. One of the things I wanted to say though is the the Michael Saris character in the movie. Scott Pilgrim, obviously. There doesn't that I remember. There's no explanation for why he's actually a pretty good fighter. He has to fight all these evil exes, and and it's it's never really explained. He, he you know a lot of movies where there's something like that going on, the the hero or whatever will have to like go through all this training, right? It's that's a a tried and true trope or whatever that's been done in movies a lot. But Scott Pilgrim can just apparently fight. Uh, but um, anyway, at least I don't remember him, you know, taking any classes or training, really. He, he just ends up being able to fight all these guys, some of them looking pretty much like they could kick his butt. But um, all right, so let us move on now to um, another couple of films. Uh, this is a, There are two of these, and they've done a lot of comics. I'll also did comics before the movies, but there have been comics since this um, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, this uh, this is the Kick-Ass films. The, the first one came out in um, the same year as Scott Pilgrim. This one also came out in March, sorry, in 2010, but this time in March, not August. I think that also helped it at the box office a bit. Um, truthfully, you know, Scott Pilgrim is rated a, um, is a PG-13 movie and, and Kick-Ass, both Kick-Ass movies, I think both of them are rated R. Uh, there's a lot of 
pretty crazy violence, really intense violence, uh, gun stuff, uh, and there's a lot of pretty strong language. So, uh, yeah, I believe these are both rated R one and two. So, um, but the uh, so the 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 uh, Mark Millar is the I think the original creator, um, and John Romita Jr. Uh, did the these kind of movies at uh, Marvel, and then eventually they went off and and Mark Mark's got his own comic uh you know brand whatever you want to call it nowadays but um and and we should be seeing a lot more of his stuff he does some great comics and really things I, I enjoy a lot and you should he's got a deal going with Netflix so some of his stuff will start showing up there but anyway kick ass the the basic premise of this move you guys don't know if you haven't seen it or don't know about it uh the the simple I, I think it's a great concept because it's so like obvious in in a way when you think about it um but the uh the the basic comment uh, concept here is and this was in the comics and then of course in the movie is the uh the idea that um you know there's, there's this kid teenage kid uh and and he's a big you know reader of comics and all this and, and he he's sort of he's he's sort of inspired by the comics that he reads and he, and he basically says he comes to the conclusion one day, well, like, how come people in real life don't, like, with all these comics that have been published for years and years and years, how, how come, and, and, he, and he lives in kind of a rough place and stuff and things happen. Any, anyway, um, so he decides, like, well, may, maybe people should become, like, real-life superheroes. So he gets this costume and... and uh, and he and he creates this sort of makeshift, pretty pretty crummy, really uh, makeshift costume and superhero kind of gear and all this, and uh, and then but but the the really fun thing in a way, I guess it's fun, I'll call it. But the um, the irony here a little bit is, is that the reason people don't do this, and one of I think his friends in the movie tells him this, is that because unless you're some kind of super athlete or trained or whatever you're going to get killed or you're going to get beat up really badly at the very least, which happens to him, you know, multiple times. Um, so, uh, so anyway, he, he, uh, the only, the only thing that, um, the only thing that happens that changes that a little bit is, um, he, he gets really messed up the first time. Uh, and, and because of that, they've, uh, his 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 nerves get a little damaged and things like that and he and he gets um some bones having to be replaced with some metal things and 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 what what really basically ends up happen, happening to him at that point is that he he doesn't feel pain like your average person anymore after that so he still gets beat up uh and uh the um but but he doesn't doesn't hurt you know it doesn't hurt him as much but the other really cool part about this movie is he ends up running across um uh two other people uh a father and a daughter uh and they're um nicholas cage is in this chloe grace moretz i think one of her biggest first roles is in this movie she's she's hit girl um and and, and uh nicholas cage plays her father big daddy and uh and the um they're they really um are more or less superheroes uh and they have a huge arsenal of weaponry and and guns and swords and knives and whatever and 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 the the craziest thing is you've got this 
I think um, Hit Girl in this movie, and and I, I I'm not sure what age she was supposed to be. I think she's supposed to be like, you know, twelve maybe ish or something like that. About maybe thirteen at the most, if that. I don't I don't know. I know in the next movie she ends up going to uh, I think getting into high school. So she's just a little before high school, I think, supposed to be here. Maybe even a little younger than that. Maybe more like 11. I can't remember exactly what, uh, if they call it out. Oh, yeah, wait a second. It's here, right here. 11. She's supposed to be 11. So I said 12 at first, so 11. Um, But um, basically, there is a big crime boss played by Mark Strong, who everyone recognizes. He plays a baddie, you know, a heavy type character in a lot of movies, and he he's kind of running this this town and and then Kickass and and Big Daddy and Hit and Hit Girl uh, want to take him out and I don't want to give away too much if you've never seen this movie, uh, but it's it's crazy and and you you know crazy amount this is not this is not a kids movie, I think Scott Pilgrim could be you know somewhat like 10, 11, 12 year olds could probably get a kick out of it and up but. But this movie and Kick-Ass 2, the second one, these are these are not uh, – some bad things happen in these movies, some pretty intense things. So these are not not kids' movies. Probably in the teen years could handle it, it depending. I mean, they're, keep in mind, uh, the both of these, there's a lot of bad, you know, you know, curse words and language. I mean, I, I think it fits. It doesn't bother me, of course, but um, – just again, warning, warning to everybody. But uh, let me play a trailer to Kickass for you, give you a little bit of a feel for it. I think some of these um, these kind of movies are a little tricky in trailers because there's so much a- a- so much action. Uh, but it'll give you an idea. And again, uh, as I as I do many times on Treks and Sci-Fi, that a lot of what I talk about are things that maybe people didn't see or you guys haven't seen it. But but I I feel that the audience for the podcast. This is the kind of stuff you guys might be interested in, and I'm trying to give you my uh, two cents and my recommendation. Uh, anyway, here we go with uh, the trailer to the first Kick-Ass movie for you. How come nobody's ever tried to be a superhero? Well, I don't know. Probably because it's impossible. Putting on a mask and helping people? How's that impossible? Dude, if anybody did it in real life, they get their ass kicked. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just standing around, you know. <laughs> no, not... Ah! I was just a regular guy. Hey, gorgeous. Hey. My only superpower oh. was being invisible to girls. <laughs> the comic books had it wrong. You don't need a power to be a superhero. Leave him alone! It's none of your business! Yes, it is. Hey, there's a dude just like a superhero out there fighting a bunch of guys. Who are you? I'm Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass has become the latest internet phenomenon. This is awesome. It's actually pretty good. You should call himself Ass Kick instead. <laughs> He's inspired a wave of real-life superheroes. Tool up, honey buddy. It's time to get bad guys. You wanna go fight some crime? Let's see what you can do. This guy comes out of nowhere! This would be the guy that looks like Batman. They tell me one guy killed eight of my men tonight? I gotta send a public service message that being a superhero is bad for your health. So you wanna play? Who are you? I'm Hit Girl. And that's Big Daddy. Kick ass. Red mist. Oh, that kinda hurt. Woo. 
fucking in love with her, dude. I want this place locked down. Nobody comes in, nobody goes out. It's a little kid. See that, did you? That's right, we're superheroes. You love us. All right, there you go. There's a trailer for the first kick ass movie. Uh, really fun. This one was only uh, had a budget of about 30 million, quite a bit of less than uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, not as many effects. It's more fighting in that. There, there are definitely effects and things, but uh, this actually did pretty well at the box office. Uh, it made almost a hundred million, ninety-six million. It uh, again, I think it, a lot of that had to do with. I think it, the promotion for it was a little better. Also, I think it came out at a better time of the year. I think that helped both those things. Uh, and I, I don't know if they're. It's more fun than than in a in a way than Scott Pilgrim. This one's probably a little bit easier to relate to for most people. Scott Pilgrim, I feel like, is a little bit more out there. Uh, but, you know, nothing wrong with that. And I like him. I like him both. But um, so the again, what, you know, I already told you basically the story. Let me talk a little bit more about the cast. So Aaron Johnson, who wasn't really a, a big thing then. He, he certainly appeared in a lot of other stuff since that time. He's uh, D- He plays uh, Dave Luzuski or Kick-Ass, the character. I already mentioned Mark Strong is in this. Uh, Christopher Mintz. Plas, is that how you say the guy's name? You've seen him in stuff. He's in this movie. You, there's a lot of, again, people in here you'll recognize. Uh, Yancey Butler is in this. Elizabeth McGovern. Uh, Craig Ferguson is in it as himself. Nicholas Cage, uh, who, who totally fits uh, the role of um, Damon McCready or, or Big Daddy. Uh, I already mentioned Chloe Grace Moretz is in this. She's Mindy McCready or Hit Girl. Uh, it, it's again, a, a solid, solid cast. There's some other people, uh, some of Dave's friends, uh, uh, Aaron Johnson, you know, who plays uh, kick-ass or Dave's Luziski, Luzuski, sorry. Um, he, there, uh, he's got a little group of comic book nerd friends that, that kind of follow the, recognize some of those guys. Yeah, it's a good movie, a lot of fun. Uh, and the comics are really, really good too. If you're in, you know, interested in that. Uh, they they pretty well follow. I feel like the, the this movie pretty well follows the comic. Of course, being um, being a movie and only a couple hours long, I think this is almost two hours. I think Scott Pilgrim was almost two hours as well. Uh, the, the they got to sort of tighten things up. They 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 you know uh, it moves a little quicker obviously than the comic, uh, but. Um, yeah, so uh, certainly more intense uh, language, violence, and so forth. Uh, and uh, Claude Grace Moretz, for example, I, I guess in interviews for the movie, she, she couldn't even call it kick-ass. She, she was only like 13 or so at the time. And, uh, you know, when she would do interviews, she, she would call it that movie or even maybe kick-butt or, or whatever. But uh, And she has some pretty intense lines in this movie. And she gave interviews and said, you know, it's um, I couldn't say that stuff at home. My parents would kill me, and you know, I'd be I'd be grounded till I was twenty. There, this got obviously this movie had a lot of controversy. It's pretty pretty violent, and, and the language effect and some, you know, uh, there are always groups out there that feel like you know, oh, this is this is bad, and 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 they're trying to uh, 
I, I, I've got a big problem with, with uh, I, I'm fine if you don't like it and don't want to watch it. You, you have previews. You can read about things to, to, to know what they're about. But I, I don't have, I, I, I don't want people to censor things. I don't want them to, to tell me what I can watch or what I can't watch and, and all that. You know, at, at least adults. Children, of course, you, as parents, you should always be mindful of your child and what they can watch and, and what they shouldn't. I've, I've mentioned that before when my boys were pretty young, you know, there was a bunch of stuff, you know, all right, off to bed kids. So dad, daddy can watch his shows or his movies. So, um, but um, yeah, not for the little ones here, this one. All right, let us shift over to the, the sequel to this. There was a kick-ass two, of course. And uh, let me just play the trailer to that. We'll, and then we'll come back. I'll come back and I'll talk about that movie. Um, I feel like the first one was probably a little bit more fun uh, and, and, and maybe in a way better. Uh, but I, I think there's a lot in the second movie that I enjoyed too. And Jim Carrey is in the second movie too. And I love Jim Carrey. So here is the trailer to Kick-Ass 2. Ready to go again? What do you want me to do? Hit me. You're a 15-year-old girl. Oh. What the hell? Oh, God. Oh, take your tampon out, Dave. They may wear costumes, but it isn't Halloween. They're real-life superheroes. Me and Hit Girl, we're training every day. There were more and more people joining us every night. Colonel Stars and Stripes, reporting for duty. We try to have fun. Otherwise, what's the point? A wolf of superheroes, huh? Where do they get a load of me? I am gonna make a kick-ass pay for what he did to my dad. Building an evil army. Who is this guy? He's going to be the world's first real supervillain. We're putting an end to this costume freak. If they're wearing a mask, they're getting detained. Promise me that you will never dress up in that outfit again. My daddy made me promise I'd never stop defending this city. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. We gotta make this right. There's no room for punks and suits. Just real heroes. Who can really kick ass. Who the hell are you? We're the good guys. They're the dead guys. Franz, Vita! Oh, Jesus! <laughs> yeah, there's a dog on your back. All right, so there's the trailer for Kick-Ass 2. This is uh, obviously a sequel uh, to the first one in a way. Well, not in a way. It is definitely a sequel. Uh, things that I, I won't say, I'll try to be a little careful here. Things that happen in the first movie have impacts in what happens here. But the cast is back, basically. Um, the, uh, you know, Aaron, uh, Aaron Johnson is back as Kick-Ass and... Chloe is back as uh, Mindy or or Hit Girl. They're, they're the main characters pretty much here. We also have uh, the introduce Jim Carrey. Let's see what 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 does he play again? What's the exact name of his? Uh, la, 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 la. He is uh, Colonel Stars and Stripes or Sal 
Bertolini. Um, and uh, John Leguizamo is in this movie. Ian Glenn from you know Game of Thrones. Lindy Booth is in this. Uh, Tom Wu, Benedict Wong, uh, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of really good good people uh, in this. Uh, again, I I really like the fact Jim Carrey's in here. He carries a lot of uh, you know he, he's kind of a crazy guy. I think anyway, crazy plays crazy parts and roles. So he works really well. Now this is. Um, just like the first movie, there's a lot of stuff that was pulled right out of the comics for this movie, uh, and it, and it's some pretty intense stuff. So again, warned. It's it's rated R. It was a budget of about 28 million for this one, uh, and only made about 61 million. Uh, interestingly, it it also this one came out in August, like the Scott Pilgrim movie. I, again, August movies I don't think do as well. It probably would have made some more money if it didn't come out then. There's a lot of uh, a lot of movie studios and the way they juggle and when movies come out, there's a lot that goes into it. What else is out uh, and so on. I Again, I don't think this movie quite has the same impact and pop that the first one did, but I, I still think it's really good and enjoyed it quite a bit. It's uh, also interesting. I think the, the dynamic between Hit Girl and, and Kick-Ass is different here. Uh, for one, she's a little bit older, uh, and that lets them play with a few different things that they couldn't do really in the first one as much. Um, there's some training here more, uh, and uh, I, I like it. I, it's, they're both good. Uh, basically, uh, the Red Miss character is back, uh, played by Christopher Mintz Plus. How do you say that guy's name? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, although he has a different, he, he, he calls himself something different. And I'm not going to, uh, there's a pretty bad curse word in his new, you know, villain name. It, it's the mother bleeper. So you, you can figure that out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, this is again, one of the things I wanted to bring out here that this is, you know, kind of a fun romp, just like the last couple of movies I talked about. One of the things I wanted to do in today's podcast is, you know, both bring out some movies you guys maybe not have never saw uh you may have seen maybe didn't uh but also some pretty much just over the top craziness fun movies that you can watch i think and and forget about all the stuff that's going on out in the crazy world that's that we've got right now which is still crazy all right but uh so um yeah that's uh it probably covers it enough uh i think you know three movies in, in for a podcast is is quite a bit to go through but i gave you a feel for it and if you know the movies you'll know exactly what i'm talking about if you haven't seen them give it a shot i i think i don't know if any of these like i was saying earlier i'm not sure if any of these are on any streaming services right now not really sure about that but you can pick them up really cheap i think even the blu-rays are not that expensive uh, and so uh so certainly uh, give that some uh, consideration. And if you're into comics or, or whatever, and even if you've seen these, I would highly recommend picking up some of the comic collections of these books. Uh, I think these comics are, are really well done. Really got me into uh, following Mark Millar uh, and his career. Although, is it Millar or Miller? Miller? Mark Miller? Um, I've heard, I heard somebody way back when call it Millar, even though it's M-I-L-L-E-R, or is it A-R? I gotta look now again. Production, production, production. Trying to look, trying to look. It doesn't really matter. Mark, if you're listening, yeah. So you know how you say your name. So, all right. I think I'm going to wrap up the show today at this point because I'm going to play that Vartok clip here at the end. 
And uh, I just want to thank Vartok for that. Always thank him for his musical uh, podcast he does, his musical interludes like this. Uh, very much appreciate that. So I'm going to take out the, uh, uh, or finish the show, Mark Millar. Oh, there it is. Okay, it is A-R. So maybe you do say it, Millar. Uh, but um, uh, I'm going to wrap up again the show, but uh, we'll stay tuned for a minute here. Vartok, I think the Picard music segment that he sent in is about seven minutes or so, so that'll finish off today's show. Next week should be a, a probably a guest cast, maybe an RPG session that we did. I might put that up or uh, or something else, maybe a repeat show, or maybe I'll just do a skip week, but that'll be next weekend. I did have the schedule. Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. I did kind of lay out the schedule over on the good old uh, Treks and Sci-Fi old forum. I, uh, it's where I post kind of the monthly schedule of what's coming up. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so next week some kind of guest cast or rerun or RPG session, something like that. Two weeks I'll be back and I'm going to cover Indiana Jones um, alternate type of movies, TV shows. There's been a lot of adventure kind of things done in movies and TV over the years. Uh, that have a very Indiana Jones kind of flavor to them. I, I've watched a lot of those, and I wanted to bring up real quickly. There's there's quite a few movies. Um, obviously, things like Tomb Raider is is a biggie, and and so on. And then um, at the end of the month of July, the 26th of July, I'm going to do try to do some kind of a Comic Con report. Even though Comic Con isn't really officially happening in person, they're going to do sort of a virtual thing. Um, stuff online stuff on television even and and they'll probably be putting out some trailers and and stuff like that so we'll try to do some kind of a show to wrap up um what comes out of that even though it's uh it's still said that no no san diego comic-con this year i i've really really enjoyed it the last two years it's pretty much what i look forward to for the year my break from from everything you know go out to the west coast see kenny and his friends and and just just have a really good four or five days exhausting days but uh you know it's it's a great break and 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 it's really really going to be hard to miss it this year really sad about that and uh i really look forward to it and uh hopefully next year hopefully next year everything will be normal big quotes there so all right i'm out of here uh thanks everyone always for listening if you want to uh, support the show patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi is how you do that you can always email me at treksf at gmail.com uh that is it for me here is vartok stay tuned for his music segment for this week and thanks for that vartok and i will be back uh at least in two weeks uh with all of you so uh, take care uh, stay safe wear your masks yes wear your masks and uh I'll talk to you again very soon, and take it away now, Vartok. Bye. everyone, this is Vartok again, with another Treks in Sci-Fi music moment. One soundtrack and a few words. For today's moment, I'm going to talk about the music to Season 1 of Star Trek Picard. You can purchase the Season 1 album from iTunes, which has 55 tracks. That album also includes two tracks from the Short Treks episode, Children of Mars. Continuing his affiliation with Star Trek is American composer, songwriter, vocalist, and music producer Jeff Russo. 
whom I mentioned in Strecton Sci-Fi Podcast number 661, in a music moment where I compared the theme song for The Orville with Jeff Russo's theme for Star Trek Discovery. Jeff Russo began recording his score for the first episode of Picard in November 2019 at the Eastwood Scoring Stage at Warner Brothers Studios in California. In an April 2020 interview, Jeff notes, In Picard, we're dealing with one character and how he's on his journey, and it's not the entire crew. So I wanted to do the same thing with the score. I really wanted to focus in on the character of it and the emotion. As all sci-fi fanboys and fangirls know, Picard reintroduces the character of John Luke Picard, played by Sir Patrick Stewart. He was introduced in Star Trek The Next Generation in 1987 and was last seen in the feature film Star Trek Nemesis in 2002. That's right, it's been 18 years since John Luke has been in a new episode. Jeff continues, It's about his process of growing and becoming the person that he was always going to become, trying to make amends for his past mistakes, and trying to figure out where things are going to lead him. So we really wanted to focus a lot more on that. Jeff Russo has been amazingly busy. Since composing for Star Trek Discovery, he has also been composing many TV series, such as Fargo, Legion, The Umbrella Academy, The Passage, Counterpart, The Act, Lucifer, In Between Snowfall, Treadstone, For All Mankind, The Star Trek Short Treks, Power, Altered Carbon, and Brave New World, which is in post-production. Of all of these TV series, Jeff notes that he is especially proud of his work for Legion. The track I have selected for this music moment is track number 50, titled Romulans Arrive, Part 1, which is an homage to Fred Steiner's Romulan theme from the 1966 Star Trek The Original Series episode, Balance of Terror, to represent the Romulan characters in the season. I hope you like it.
hope you enjoyed this music and sci-fi music moment. And now back to you, Rico. Oh, and not to disappoint all you Treks and Sci-Fi fans, I'm going to cheat just a little and finish this music moment playing a bit of the Star Trek Picard main title theme. With Jeff Notes has more of an intimate and emotionally driven feel than a big bombastic theme score. Which is in line with what I said earlier about Russo exploring the character of John Luke Picard. This has been a Rico Dosti podcast production.